Picture this. It's a balmy 25 degrees. There's a light breeze dancing across your back deck. The kitchen is bustling with shouts of, where are the tongs? And have you checked the ham yet? The table is set with red and gold crackers. The sparkling Shiraz is chilling in an ice bucket and the prawns are peeled, ready to go. The heart of any good Christmas day has to be the lunch spread and there's no one way to do it here in Australia. Some of us spend the day in the backyard or around the barbecue at the beach from cold lunches to roast dinners, even a Boxing Day Singapore chilli crab, as is my tradition with my father every year. What is on your menu this Christmas? Are you a glazed ham and roast turkey kind of family? Perhaps you're planning a smorgasbord of seafoods and prawns, bugs and lobsters and oysters, hopefully if the cost of living permits. What about a fluffy pav? or a warm pudding with custard. What is your Christmas Day spread? I'd love to hear from you. 0418 You can also message me on the ABC Listen app. Joining me are two legends of the Australian culinary culture, Maggie Beer, cook, author, food producer and educator, and Adam Liao, cook, author and TV presenter. A very Merry Christmas to you both, and welcome back to RN Drive. Merry Christmas, Andy. Thank you, Andy. And, and Adam. Merry Christmas. <laughs> the, um, the, the traditional British roast turkey and plum pudding once uh, dominated Australia's Christmas tables. But obviously Australia's food culture has really evolved with globalisation, post-war uh, to World War II migration as well. Adam, I'll start with you. What does your household's Christmas lunch look like in 2023? How different is it to that tradition? Um, look, I, I have to say we don't do the turkey as often anymore. Sometimes we do. There are certain family members of mine who left of their devices are always going down a turkey rabbit hole, but we're more of a ham family, I have to say, I, mainly because I take charge of Christmas lunch most of the time and I firstly like ham and secondly, ham is very, very easy to cook um, because it's basically already cooked when you get it, so you're just warming it up essentially. Um, so for me, it's it's the classics, uh, ham, have prawns, uh, usually a salad or two, um, and then certain members of the family also. We have about 60 at, fa- at, at Christmas lunch, so certain members have their specialties that they bring. I also uh, yes, do yes. a whole fish as well, which is a very Chinese thing to do for any celebration. I have this uh, as well. I have one relative that is dead set on bringing deviled eggs, even though no one eats them. Another <laughs> relative brings the hard sauce, which I've got to say I love every year. Maggie, I mean, these sort of British traditions still sort of make their way through our current tr- Christmas Day traditions, but they also evolve, don't they? Do you see a bit of a bit of new and a bit of old working together? Well, yes, I, I, I certainly do. And um um, but it does depend on our climate. You know, if if our climate from the top of Australia down to the bottom is so different and therefore what's easily available uh, and is, is wonderful in your area is, 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 is something that will cause a difference. But for us, a, a bit like Adam, is there, there are little bits of tradition and that I always have goose, uh, but it's a goose we raise. Um, and um, it's been all of my life there's been that tradition, but we never have it hot. It is room temperature or cold. Um, we always eat out in the garden, never inside, so it's very al fresco. Um, and uh, we we have um, we have lots of beautiful salads uh, with with avocados and papaya and mango. So we use a bit of that beautiful um, local. Um, uh, well, local because the avocados are from us, but um, it's it's lighter. 
It's definitely lighter. Oh, and yebbies, I should say. Yebbies. How do you do a yebby? Oh, yebbies. Oh, my gosh. A yebby is, oh, well, first of all, you have to stun them in the fridge, don't we, Adam? When we <laughs> Yes, yes. You have to be very careful <laughs> yes. to treat them humanely. Exactly. Um, and then we just, uh, we have a special yabby pot. It's also a crab pot. So it has it has a, a wire basket inside and the yabbies go in and three minutes later, sometimes four, depending on their size, they come out. They're thrown on the outside table. There's olive oil and salt and lemon juice and nothing else. And everyone eats the yabbies. And I always eat the all the head. I take that much from the head. <laughs> ah, the yellow. This brings me to one of my favourite topics, Adam, something that I've talked about with you in the past. One of my uh, sort of seasonal traditions is making Singapore chilli crab f- with my oh, dad fantastic. on yeah. Boxing Day. And I've gotten quite good at making your recipes, basically. And I know that <laughs> the shrimp paste is important, Bella Can or Bella Chan, depending on Blatton, your, yes. Bella, your pronunciation. In <laughs> recent years, I've taken up using the Maggi brand of ketchup because it's a bit more peppery than the sort of sweet American kind of Heinz ketchup. Oh, okay, great. The idea of seafood on our Christmas table, you mentioned uh, whole fish being an important part of Chinese tradition. It it is obviously not evident in in British tradition as far as I can tell. I'm talking about saltwater seafood here, not the yabbies that Maggie was talking about. We are a a true melange of these cultures now. And when you look at $1.4 million spent over 36 hours at the Sydney seafood markets, it's proof of that. We are are a combined culture now. Absolutely. You know, seafood and particularly prawns at Christmas time is very much a homegrown tradition. I can't think of any European country that gets whole family sitting around a table of prawns in in a European winter. You know, you'll, you'll see, you know, Swedish traditions, which often do make it to... England um, in the form of like prawn parties where when they've, they've got um, the crustaceans, I should say, not, not specifically prawns, people will get together and do those. But, but here in Australia, as part of an Australian Christmas, the prawns really are one of our, I guess, earlier first homegrown traditions. And now you, you couldn't have Christmas without them. You, you know, lining up at the, the, the fish market for prawns, which I, which I must say have quite often been frozen some months beforehand. So you can easily go and buy them literally now and they'll be the same prawns that you'll be buying on, on, uh, on Christmas Eve. Uh, it, it, that's, that's a part of the Christmas festivity as well. And then you get these other interesting kinds of traits. For example, Maggie, the panettone. I mean, is that something that you serve up, uh, particularly with an ice cream? I, I don't mind a panettone with ice cream. Well, I, I actually love panettone, and I have a friend every year who does almond, um, almond and dried pear panettone. And we never have it on Christmas Day. It's a boxing day because we're always so full. Um, and we toast it and it always burns in the toaster <laughs> because of the fruit and la- let it cool down and lash it with butter and love the panettone. And because I live in a Mediterranean climate, so everything Italian just um, just works. Yeah, we do have these amazing kinds of cultures all evident on the Christmas uh, dinner table. They all sort of smash together on Christmas Day. Food icons Maggie Beer and Adam Liao are here with me. We're talking about Christmas lunch, keen to hear about your Christmas food traditions, whether you go for the traditional or something new. Uh, This text, uh, Michael says, I'm cooking at a friend's place uh, at DY in New South Wales on Christmas Day. We're having stuffed rolled lamb, mustards and herbs and gravy duck fat baked potatoes 
Uh, and he says, have a great year. Thank you to you, Michael. This one too, Christmas wasn't Christmas uh, for our parents when it, uh, unless it really involved a traditional hot meal with all the trimmings. This is the first Christmas without both of my parents. We'll have to decide whether we follow the family tradition or switch to cold platters, but there'll definitely bubbles be bubbles, says this person. Thank you for that text. What about you? What are your Christmas food traditions? 0418 uh, in terms of kind of trends as we approach the Christmas season, uh, I can only speak for my wife who's got an Excel spreadsheet together of all the delicious <laughs> magazine recipes she's been cutting out over the last two weeks. What do we see different and new about this Christmas, uh, Adam? Well, I, I think, you know, cost of living, people people are downsizing their Christmases a little bit. So where people who might have gone for a turkey before might be doing a chicken or a duck or something a little bit uh, smaller but also still festive in some way. I think the idea of roasting your duck for Christmas, uh, which my stepfather is constantly asking for because um, similar to to Maggie, he grew up eating goose and it's uh, for him a roast duck is, is about as close as he can get uh, without having to especially source a goose from, from Maggie, to be honest. <laughs> um, I'm, glad, so I'm glad that you admit that you uh, beg, borrow and steal from the great Maggie Beer as well because she's the font of all knowledge. <laughs> Uh, but I think you know, slightly smaller Christmases, people not really stressing about going that extra mile, which I think is the perfect way to entertain, not having to do too much and, and take too much stress on board. I think people have been through enough over the past four or five years to, to want a little bit of uh, more of a cel- an easier celebration rather than something that's a bit more dramatic. Of course, Christmas is a day is high pressure, Maggie. It's not exactly the time to experiment, but what sorts of new uh, food trends are you seeing this Christmas? Well, I think, um, just to add on to um, what Adam says, I I think the thing that I've seen changing, and because I'm a control freak, I do everything, but for the first time, um, it's a, a decision perhaps to make it easier on me rather than financially in my case, um, others bringing something. And because we do need Christmas Day to be de-dressed and we need it to be all a total joyful and and not too expensive this year because, you know, people people are struggling. And on that note, there are ways to sort of make things a little bit more affordable. And we haven't talked about the accompanying drink, whether it's alcoholic or not. <laughs> What would what is the ideal Christmas Day drink uh, accompaniment, Adam? Uh, for me, this year it is all about tinto de verano. It's a sort of a Spanish, an easier version of sangria from Spain. It's essentially a mix. In Australia, it would, we would do it with a mix of red wine, soda water, and lemonade. Lots of sliced orange and lemon ice into a big jug. And I think for an Australian summer Christmas. It's festive. You can. It's actually the perfect way to use non-alcoholic wine as well because whenever you serve non-alcoholic wine these days, people are like, oh, does it taste like wine, does it not? When you're mixing it with lemonade and soda water, um, it's got enough wine flavour to, to still be faithful to the drink but you're not going to be overwhelmed with the alcohol, which is like I, – I don't think people like that anymore. I don't think people – go out to get loaded on Christmas Day in the way that they might have 15, 20 years ago and just sort of drink from dawn till dusk. Um, so I think low alcohol options are a really good choice, uh, particularly for this year when it's going to be really, really hot, I would imagine, in most of the country, not so much in South Australia. But, um, 
Yeah, Tinta Verano is my choice for a Christmas Day drink. Now all we need is for it to come in a box. What about you, Maggie? Uh, what's well, your ideal Christmas Day accompaniment in terms of drink? Well, my ideal is the fact that the Anzac peaches should be ripe and they should be ripe a few days before Christmas. And so I puree them and then with some Prosecco. And so the white peach um, puree and Prosecco, when it's done fresh, is like... <sighs> Ambrosia, and then for for the younger ones, they can have the white peach and our sparkling Chardonnay, which is not totally non-alcoholic and has the bubbles and that scent and feel of 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 um, uh, festivity. I'm going to have to say on top of that, yeah, go ahead. I did. Maggie has reminded me that I would be it would be remiss of me not to mention. Sparkling Burgundy, which I think is the Australian Christmas drink, is uh, my dad will not go through Christmas Day without a bottle of Sparkling Burgundy. No, <laughs> no, <will> Colin. <laughs> and I do sneak in some champagne. I'm sorry, Adam. <laughs> well, just one. It's Christmas, Maggie. After all, I'm going to have to uh, get uh, my wife to throw out the Excel spreadsheet. I think we've discovered a whole lot more to uh, enjoy this Christmas. Uh, food icons: Maggie Beer and Adam Liao. A very, very merry Christmas to you both. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Andy. It's been lovely. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Maggie. Thanks, Andy. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.